Evolution, Revolution. A discussion on the changing shape of us. This podcast series has grown out of some articles I've written, which you can find in the show notes. Lifeline Church is undergoing a transition. This is a critical stage for those who have grown up in Lifeline or joined along the journey to bring their unique contribution to the table, because those that have led for the last 40 years won't be leading for the next 40. As we continue the journey, we need to know what we need to carry with us, what can be left behind, and what needs to be developed. I hope this podcast, along with my articles, might provoke and inspire you to offer what you carry. Today, my name's Nick speaking. I've got Jamie with me. Jamie, say hello. Hello, Jamie. <laughs> and we've got a very special guest, uh, Terry King. Hello, Terry. Hello, Nick. Really good, really good to have you here. Yeah. Um, so, Terry, just for your benefit, myself and Jamie, along with Ella, my wife, we've been recording a couple of podcasts mainly focusing on a few different articles that Jamie has been writing um, over the last few months, um, which have got loads and loads of great stuff in them. And we thought, let's have some conversations yeah. and, and mm. ask maybe some obvious and not so obvious questions around them to help draw them out. Um, and there was a particular article that Jamie wrote, which was focusing mainly on God's presence, uh, the Holy Spirit, uh, and this was called The Spirit Within Breaking Out. And as mm. I've been chatting with Jamie, he was particularly uh, inspired and influenced through different things he's heard mm. from you. Mm. Um, so we thought, yeah, it'd be great to just have a chat. So I've got a load of questions. Um, but yeah, let's just let's just see where it goes. So as I was reading Jamie's article, Spirit Within Breaking Out, um, the things that started to kind of come to mind, my mind were... When we talk about the presence of God, we're moving away from something that's tangible, mm -hmm. um, something that you can see clearly. And, and it can get kind of confusing. And I guess the, correct me if I'm wrong, Jamie, but the premise of the article is based on the belief that we are called to be a people of God's presence. Um, and speaking with Jamie, he said that is something that he heard you say. Mm. So nice, easy question to get started. <laughs> um could you explain what you mean by being a people of his presence? Yeah. Well, it certainly uncovers, the, the, I think, the primary issue that we have to wrestle with as disciples who are following Jesus and as those who are searching. Is there a Holy Spirit? Mm. What, is, what is presence? I mean, we, we, in our Western uh, way of thinking, there's what we, can see, what we can see, what we can feel, what we can touch, that's real. And if, it's, if you can't see it, if you can't touch it, it's not real. I think it's a, a major impediment, uh, and and certainly over the last, I mean, it's kind of like a cycle of education, I guess. It seems like the Lord takes me through several years or several months of a period, and then moves on to something else. But this is one I just find myself coming back to over and over, and and that what demarks us, what identifies us, is the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Yeah. I think I think we have a tendency to, in, in in our in our Christian circles, to understand God the Father. And God the Son, but the Holy Spirit's kind of left out. I think maybe maybe partly because we're a little nervous. Uh, is that too strange for people? Um, it's not intellectual. It's hard to, as you're saying, it's hard to to quantify. Mm. But the Bible says God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and truth. Mm. 
And, and it seems to me that if we're going to know anything about God the Father and God the Son, we've got to approach him from the, from the conviction there is some things we cannot see and some things that we can experience that are beyond our normal understanding. Yeah. And when that happens, it changes us. It, it, it impacts us. Mm. Oh, that's great. And uh, Jamie, there was a few visualizers or different ways that you put it in your article, which I found quite helpful. Could you? Yeah. Yeah. So a, a, a friend of ours, Rachel Turner, she talks about when she was younger, um, really, it was about her learning to practice the idea that God was with her. Mm. And uh, she said that when she would drive somewhere, she'd actually buckle in the mm. passenger seat. So as she was driving, she it was a trigger for her to recognize God's with me mm. where I'm going. And she would chat away while she was driving in the car. Mm. And... Um, then I was I was thinking for for myself I I would just want to be more aware of his presence I want to know that he's with me, and um, and I found the more I took the time to worship him to think about him to praise him the more aware I became of him, mm. and uh, there's a, a a clip from the movie um, I think it's the, the memoirs of the Invisible Man, where. Uh, Chubby Chase's character, who's invisible, is having a conversation with this with this woman out in the uh, outside, and as she's talking to him, he says, "You're looking at me in my eyes. How are you doing that? How how can you see me?" And it was because it started to rain, and the rain made the outline of his body, so she could work out where the eyes were. And I was thinking, you know what? When hmm. we worship it's like the rain begins mm. to fall, that we can mm. see the outline of who God is. Mm. And it's actually a line that Terry used with me. He said, um, when we worship, we become more aware of the spiritual. And as I'm recognizing who God is, and I'm talking about him, I begin to see him in places around me where I, I wouldn't have seen him otherwise. Mm. Yeah, that's actually going to be my next question for you. Terry, that uh, statement, worship makes one sense of, sensitive Sorry, to the spiritual realm. Could you expand on that for us? Yeah. It's interesting, again, how we worship and, and, and what we say when we're worshiping. You talked about being a people of his presence. Mm. And uh, I think that the, the thoughts come out several times in the article about him being within us, coming forth from us. And we, we say that, but we don't seem to really make it our emphasis. Uh, how often do we sing songs in church that talk about the Holy Spirit coming down? Mm. Something coming down. As though he's out there somewhere, and once in a while, we might be able to get a hold of him and pull our way up the ladder, or maybe he'll come down towards us. Uh, and, and this acknowledgement that he is within us. Mm. When we were born again, he came to establish his, his abode in us. Uh, Paul, John talks about abiding in the vine. The, the, the branch cannot survive unless it's hooked to the, to the, to the, to the vine. Mm -hmm. And it's, just a, it's a whole different mindset of acknowledging his presence is not just out there, mm -hmm. which it is, but he's actually in here as well. And, and yeah, the, the difference it makes, not only for us personally, but I think many people become aware of that. that I, I, I've experienced, you, you probably experienced it, where people know there's something different about you. They don't even know what it is, but it obviously is the Holy Spirit. Mm. 
Yeah. So I was having a, a conversation with um, a teenager, almost a young adult in our in our church the other day, and um, he was talking about being filled with the spirit and has kind of maybe seen his friends at times have um, quite visible experiences, maybe mm -hmm. it's resulted mm -hmm. in emotion or, you know, some, some sort of thing that you can see, you know, and talk about that kind of tangible thing. Um, and he was kind of saying he hasn't really experienced that. But then later on in the conversation, he was, He's got like a, a part-time job and, and he'd been finding it pretty draining. Mm. Um, and I was asking, oh, how's work been? And he was saying, it's, it's been really tough. It was really, really tough. But then I prayed about it and mm. and I've, I've just got peace. You know, it, something, the job hasn't changed, but something in him has changed. And it just made me wonder, is there, that made me think, well, that sounds like the, the presence exactly. <laughs> of the spirit. But it, Something in, and I could relate to it in a way, something in his, I don't know if it's definition or has, has blocked culture. him from kind of, yeah, has maybe stopped him from seeing, oh, that's the, the presence of the spirit. Do you, yeah, what do you, what do you make of that? Well, back to your original question about, about discovering his presence or acknowledging his presence in worship. Mm. I think we do get these stereotypes um, and some people react by falling, some people react by quivering or, or the physical manifestations that I think in many cases are just culture. Mm. Nothing wrong with them. It's an it's emotional response. But maybe in overlooking something as profound as peace. Mm. You, can't, <laughs> you can't quantify that. Mm. And uh, I, I, think he, I, think he, I think you're right on to say, let's, let's broaden our definition of what the Holy Spirit does as he dwells in us. Mm. Jamie, any thoughts? Yeah, I... I, I think it is a difficult thing to put language to. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you're right that there seems to be a category we put things in and if we think, oh, no, I, I didn't fall over, I didn't laugh, I didn't cry, it doesn't count. Mm. But the thing that I'm, I'm interested in is the spirit can reach in and touch bits of me that I can't reach for myself. And there was a, a parent that was telling me the other day about um, their child was really anxious about something at school and they took time to, to pray together mm. and then the child said, oh, I'm not anxious anymore. Mm -hmm. you, can't, you can't turn your emotions around that quick, yeah. or at least I, I can't. Yeah. There's an, another parent talking about the child having nightmares and they took the time to, to, to catch what God was, was, was bringing to the child. And they just had a smile just grow on their face. So no, I can go back to sleep now. Like, in that moment, that the spirit has done something inside them that wasn't just about here's some things that you should think about. Mm -hmm. He did something deep inside which that child could not reach for themselves. Mm. And um, I think <clears throat> when I've described the the spirit within working. I've often used this this idea of um, the time that I was carrying my 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 little boy around with me um, mm. while I was doing house housework and at one point I was I was wiping the table and I heard this crash and I turned around and a spice 
a spice had fallen from the spice rack. I thought, I didn't realise that was in my reach. And then I looked and realised that William was pulling the, the spices out of the spice rack while he's in my arms. Mm. And I thought, ah, that's what it's like to have the spirit within breaking out. Mm. Things that I didn't realise were in my reach are in his reach. And so you put that into an everyday situation. So one lady in the church talked about going to a hardware store and she was talking to one of the attendants and she just had a, a word and she thought, how did I know that? It wasn't in my reach. No, but it was in the reach of the spirit that was inside her, was able to reach out and touch something. Mm. And just, I have a desire to live with in that partnership with the spirit. But it is a partnership. The spirit isn't a body snatcher. It doesn't just take over. God, right from the beginning of time, has looked to work in loving partnership with us. Mm. And so there's a choice to collaborate with the compulsion. Mm. He compels me to want to do his will, but I still got to choose to embrace that and work with that and not resist it. Mm. I, I really like that word, collaborate. Because I think sometimes we're expecting that the Holy Spirit's going to come to take over us and we become almost like a puppet out of control, totally in his control. And, and Paul, Paul in Colossians chapter 1 talks about the, that Christ in us is the hope of glory. But he concludes the, that first chapter by saying, For this purpose I also labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. And I want to say, Paul, make up your mind. Are you striving and working? Or is it the Holy Spirit working within you? And of course the answer is yes. <laughs> and I, I think that's, again, logical, linear, our, our typical Western way of thinking. It's kind of hard to, to grasp the both and, mm. not the either or. Mm. But it is Christ within us working through it. We, we cooperate. We co-labor, as it, as it were. And that's where it gets fun. I think that's where, that's where he has. I mean, I'm a father. And when I work with my son, and he works with me. We work off each other. Often when we're doing a project, when I come back in, my wife will ask me, what did you talk about? Well, we didn't really talk about anything. <laughs> we're watching each other. He sees me go one way, he goes the other way. I pick up a tool, he picks up another tool. There's this, this co-laboring that for me as a father is a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, where did I get that from? Well, the father, I'm creating his image. That's exactly how the heavenly father is. He, wants to co he doesn't want us to be robots do this do that but he actually wants to in us flow through us inspire us help us see things that as you're saying this woman couldn't have seen any other way yeah. that's fun that's yeah that kind of make, brings me on to there was a few verses uh, that you referenced in your article jamie about christ being in us but us being in him and as someone who i like words and i think about words mm. i can end up thinking well what, what is it? Are we in him? Is he in us? Is it? Make up your mind. <laughs> is it that collaborative thing that you're talking about? Do you think there's something more to it? Yeah, um, to be honest, I would defer that one first to, to Terry because <laughs> he was the one that spoke on the back of some of those verses of Christ in us as Christ is in God and God is in Christ. I mean, it, it seems a little bit of a secular reference at times. <laughs> Which, which I think it is, and I think it's part of our, 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 our brain challenge. Christianity is an Eastern religion. It came out of the Middle East. 
And in Eastern thought, things are circular. There are cycles. And we tend to want to think very linear. A, B, C, one, two, three. And God's just so much bigger than that. Mm. Uh, this kind of reminds me of the question you had about worship earlier. Mm. Worship redirects my attention. I'm not discovering God because he's already there. But my attention is being re refocused on on Christ and, and the Holy Spirit within through worship. Mm. And, of course, when I honor God, he, he he's glorified. and Yeah. Mm. What I think one of one of my my favorite references to the the spirit being within when you look at Judges six, it says there. Uh, then the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon and he blew a trumpet, summoning. Um, that the the actual term the spirit of the Lord came on Gideon could be more literally translated as the spirit wore Gideon like a glove, mm -hmm. and. I think at times I've thought of the Holy Spirit as my accessory. Mm. It's it's that little boost, that little inspiration that I need to get on with my life. Mm. But if I'm the glove, I'm the accessory that he can wear me. Mm. Now, that, there is still a partnership in it, but there is a shift in the, the power balance of the relationship because I need to decrease for him to increase. But um, that idea of him working using me to do what he wants to do on the earth and the same things that he's wanted to do from the beginning of time he's still doing mm. through me and the privilege of what that that could be and that causes me to think of the 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 aircraft carrier so it's because the aircraft carrier can move around the ocean that the the planes can strike different targets and the idea that he he uses me as a an airbase to strike from so the spirit within breaks out in my family because i'm there mm. breaks out in my place of work because i'm there mm. i am carrying the presence of the lord wherever i go and i want to be aware of that i'm a person of the presence that he works from within me and I get to be part of that um, is such a privilege and it will take the rest of my life to work out how to operate in that partnership. But it's, it's a journey and adventure that I'm enjoying. Mm. Okay, that's really helpful. So you spoke earlier about spirit not being a body snatcher, but the, the cynic in me or the, you know, I might say, but surely if the spirit, if the spirit of God is in me, why can't he just have his way regardless? Why, what is it about this collaborative thing that's so important? This is, what does partnership with the spirit really look like? That's, that can be, I find it a bit of a, it's such a big concept to, to grasp. And part of it's a, and it's also quite scary because it makes you think, so what, I, could I get in the way of stopping what what yeah. the Spirit wants to do? I, I think the Bible warns us of that. Mm. Can, it's talked about resisting or grieving the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, God will be prompting, showing, revealing things to us, and we can choose not to think on the things or act on the things that, that He's bringing to us. Um, there'll be times where 
there is an impulsion or an inspiration or or a prompt mm. to express love in a certain way to a certain person and we can be thinking oh what if it's not received oh i'm tired i can't be bothered there is a battle of what the bible talks about the flesh trying to fight against it mm. and there's in those moments a choice that we have to make of do i yield to him and mm. um, is he my accessory or am i his mm. and um yeah i can choose to refuse to do what the spirit leads me to do and that that is a scary thing um and i think that the thing that i'm wanting to keep coming back to is if i see the nature of god the love of god why would i ever want to say no to him mm. Terry, any comments on that? Yeah, that's 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 great. That's excellent. I'm reminded again of this this illustration I used a moment ago of the, of the father relationship. Yeah. So I'm a father of adult children. Mm. There was a time. I mean, my wife tells the story of going out into the parking lot when my son was about three or four years old, and she couldn't find the car. Mm. And he says, "Call Daddy. He knows everything." <laughs> well, that day is long gone. <laughs> And he went through, my boys both went through a period of, of, of almost wanting to be more independent. We'll do it our own way. But now that they're, they're adults, they have their own families, there's a, a full circle there. And I'm saying, as a father, I get great joy when they reach out to me, when they, when they want me involved in their lives, when they want to be involved in my life. Mm. Um, I guess I could command it. I guess I could force it. But it wouldn't be natural. Mm. And, and if, if I feel that way as a father, I think the Heavenly Father is exactly the same. I'm, 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 I picked that up from him. I'm made in his image. Mm. And just the whole concept of the joy that you give him when you say, yes, let's work together. Mm. Um, can you resist? Of course you can. But that's the, if, you, if, you, if you are a robot and you can't resist, there's no joy then for mm. him. But when you do make that choice, you say, yes, I do. Want, I want to listen to you. I want to hear from you. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the thrill for both of us, for my father and myself. Mm. Okay, thank you. So, Jamie, there was a part in your article. I think the subtitle of this bit was "The Spirit Within Me Enables Me to Meet the Grade." Um, again, the cynic in me talking. So, Jesus set a clear example. He told us what to do, how to do it. You know how to be good people, this, that, and the rest. Do we really need the Spirit in order to live in the way that Jesus had for us? Could we not just, you know, not lie and cheat and steal and be kind and all that kind of thing? Yeah, I think uh, God has made it clear right from the beginning what what he wants us, how he wants us to live, What what is the way that we have been designed to live best. Made it very clear human history has shown our inability to do that. Mm. And so where Jesus says about sending the helper, the helper is to remind us of the things that he has taught, but also to give us the, the power to, to do that. And um, when you think of what God has done for us, it's not just what he has done, it's what he's still doing. And um, I did this illustration once of um, me trying to learn the drums. Now, I have no sense of, of rhythm. It's, it's 
It's embarrassing, really. It's impressive. In way. <laughs> yes, well, it could be impressive. <laughs> and um, I could be told, hit this drum, then that drum on this beat. I could try my best, I couldn't do it. The spirit could step in and do it much better. I would still be crushed in trying to copy what I was shown. But the beauty of the way that God wants to work is he wants to do it through me. Mm. He enables me to do it. And um, what I can still resist that. I can try and I can hold, hold back and res- resist what the Spirit's trying to do. Mm. But one, why would I want to? Mm-hmm. And the, the second thing is that I wasn't designed to live without his Spirit. Mm. flowing through me to 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 let the spirit do what the spirit's always done and i i heard this story of a um of someone that was in a, a situation where they'd gone into someone's home the kids were just uh kind of a little bit crazy at the time mm. and and this woman took the 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 parents hands uh, parents by the hand so let's just pray for peace and it was like the sense of the peace just settled on that situation in my mind's eye i could see jesus standing up in that boat and speaking to the storm and the storm and the wind stopping that same spirit that that's stood up in jesus as he stood up to speak to that storm was the same spirit standing up in that woman to speak to the storm that was going on in that house like the spirit is doing the same thing the spirit's always done but now he's doing it through me mm-hmm. i can expect when i meet a work colleague at the water cooler mm-hmm. it's the same spirit that's operating in that was operating in jesus when he met a woman at the well mm-hmm. i could expect that the same spirit would want to take the same make the same impact on that life as he did on that woman mm-hmm. Because the Spirit is doing what the Spirit's always done, but now he wants to do it through me. So it's not just about, can he keep me on the straight and narrow? Uh, can I be a place from which the Spirit breaks out and does what the Spirit is just aching to do to a world that is dark and lost and craving the, the restoration of relationship with God? Mm. He could do that for me. I want to work in partnership with that. Mm. Terry, I don't know if you have anything to... Yeah, I mean, to the cynic, I would say, why would you want anything less than more? Mm. If, if there's more of God, I mean, I guess I'm a, a pretty intense person. I don't want to do things second second class. I, I don't want to do second best. And when I was in, in graduate school, um, my favorite professor gave the worst exams. He was a great man, great lecturer, just, just so much to offer. But he gave these multiple choice exams. And there'd be four answers, A, B, C, multiple, multiple choice. And he'd warn us there'll always be at least two that are correct. I hated it. <laughs> and, but his, his exhortation was, the enemy of the best is the good. And I guess that's kind of where I'm at in my walk with the Lord. I don't want just good. I, just don't, I don't want just what, what could be. I want everything he has for me. And that's why it's a growing process. I'm, I'm always learning more and, and, and understanding more. about. And, and the Holy Spirit is right at the core in the center of that mm, okay um so almost bring this to a close what would you say this is 
for either of you, Jamie or Terry. If someone was maybe new to hearing about Christ, maybe they've decided to give their their life, or they've been following for decades and can't necessarily point to an experience, a collaboration, and a feeling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I, I guess I would say give him a chance. Mm. There's some risk involved. Mm. The potential risk of rejection, of feeling I, I'm not, I'm some, there's something wrong with me, I'm missing it somehow. There's always some risk involved. But, but this is a very worthwhile risk. And simply give, your chance, give yourself the opportunity to say, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. Guide me. Lead me. And, uh, and sharpen that awareness and, and he won't fail. Jesus said very clearly, if a father, if a son asks a father for a loaf of bread, that father's not going to give him a stone. Mm. And you can be certain, absolutely positively certain, if you ask the father for the Holy Spirit, he's not going to give you a stone. Mm. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. So take a risk, mm. give God a chance. And, and, and we hear these stories so often. I heard just one just yesterday how someone just said, I, I don't believe in God, I, but, I, but I'm in trouble. I need something right now. If you're real God, that, that, that prayer, if you're real God, I think he likes that prayer. Mm. Yeah, I'm just waiting to give, for you to ask. And he'll find his own very sovereign individual, different for every one of us, his own way of making himself real and known. Mm. So I would say, give the Holy Spirit a chance. Mm. Take a risk. Mm. I, I think there's a, as Terry said, the, the asking, I think there's a, a role for us to invite the spirit in um, be asking to be filled with the spirit but when you invite someone to come and live with you the implications are quite extensive yeah. uh, c.s lewis talks about inviting the spirit to come and come live with you but you're, you're thinking he's come to clear out the gutters and just do some kind of superficial work and that's all fine. You're happy with that until he starts knocking down walls, <laughs> and you think, "Well, this is this is more drastic, more dramatic than I was thinking." And it's because he's turning your cottage into a castle. The full transformation that the Spirit wants to do in our lives, he wants to make us more like Christ. That's that's part of his his role. Do we are we willing for that? Are we happy for that? There will be a a temptation to resist that, mm. and so. I think when you're, when you're asking, are we putting conditions and restrictions on what we're allowing him to do? And if we realize, yes, I am, then we, we want to come back to what is the nature of God? What is the heart of God? Is, this, is he someone we, we want to, to give full control to? Mm. And I think that's, that's an important thing for us to be doing. Mm. And Jamie, you finished your article with a short story. I wondered if you could. Yeah, so um, Bernard Sanders told us this story. So it was um, a few a few days. Well, I guess forty days after the resurrection of Jesus, and Satan has got a throbbing headache, and um, and he's uh, complaining about it. And there's this massive noise coming from, coming from above, up on earth. And so he gets a chief demon, says, go, go and find out what, what's going on. And so this demon goes and investigates and comes back to report to, to Satan. He says, you, you, know that, you know that 
son of man, the one that stepped on your head, that crushed your head. But yeah, well, he's only gone and multiplied himself. Mm-hmm. And it was referring to Pentecost and the, the, the filling of the spirit and the disciples. And I'd have, he's gone and multiplied himself. Mm. I want to be a representation of his multiplication. I want to have, be able to have the impact that, that God wants to have on this earth. Mm. And the reality, the, the reality to which I am being transformed into his likeness mm. and what a privilege it is to be part of his purpose on this earth. Mm. Great. Thanks, Terry. I don't know if you have any just closing thoughts or anything before we... Well, I guess, yeah, one thought. Mm. This is fun. Mm. Uh, it is sacred. It is holy. But it's also a lot of fun. And I think that we, we, we often carry this image that if I ever say yes to God, I'm going to lose everything. My life is going to be just so boring. No, 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 no. This is a, it's a lot of fun to walk with the Holy Spirit. Mm. So, yeah, come on in. Yeah. Amazing. All right, Terry, Jamie, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this eight-episode podcast exploring how to make a healthy transition to the next generation as a church whose heart is set on pilgrimage. We invite you to listen to the full series, but also to get in touch if you have questions so that iron can sharpen iron as we bring our collective wisdom together. Our contact details can be found in the show notes. For further teaching, do tap into the Lifeline Church Sunday Teaching Podcast and watch out for our conversational podcast on questions arising from the Book of Kings due to be released in July 2023.